Dear friend, let's discover more of who we are together. Love, Haley and Amanda. super excited about we talked someone into talking to us like this like i grabbed them <laughs> by the shoulder and neck and but she's lying because we're still in covid and you can't touch people i would never touch anyone but our guest today <laughs> is mariel guzman who is an amazing fine artist and muralist an illustrator an illustrator and she is a color obsessed latina she calls herself on instagram that's right and you can follow her on instagram at mariel guzman it's m-a-r-i-e-l-l guzman g-u-z-m-a-n and i'm gonna put her links in the show notes for the week as well but you're gonna want to see her art after you hear her story we really enjoyed this she tells us her journey from mexico to coming here but also her journey figuring out herself and how she fits into this world through art and it is so inspiring and such a unique perspective also i feel like one at the very end of the episode when she tells us her insight about um, anyone who's wanting to turn their dream into their full-time pursuit her advice for that i was like Okay, I know, right? Preaching to the choir over here. Very insightful. Yes. Very inspirational. She uses the word joy and inspiration quite a few times, and we didn't have to force her to do that. I I mean, it was through a screen, and we weren't doing any forcing, y'all. So we are excited for you guys to hear this interview with Marielle, and we hope you enjoy it. Marielle, who do you consider to be like one of your dear friends? That's a really hard one. (sighs) <sighs> well, I don't want to point out just one person because I have a lot not really a lot but like, that's good how how many dear like are you a person who has like a big tribe of close friends around them or you have like a smaller inner circle I definitely have a smaller inner circle of really close friends that I trust and I really feel like I can be myself around um and then I have another like it's a wider circle of just acquaintances mm-hmm. I feel like especially like in the art world you when you go to art shows and like you you get to know the whole artist community and like especially when you start to travel like I know a lot of like different circles and all these different parts of like the U.S. or Mexico but yeah I don't know there's like a I definitely am I've always been someone who likes to have a like a wide range of different friend groups because I have a lot of different interests um and I like to get to know all kinds of people um but when it comes to like really holding like opening up and kind of having that trust like I'm way more particular and like keep that smaller so do you think the differentiation between that wider that wider circle of acquaintances and what brings people down to like the dear friend category is trust yeah Mm. that's interesting because I think that's true for everyone like trust is such a it's kind of like that marble jar friend thing it's like you you test people out with certain information and if they keep passing your tests then it's kind of like which I mean that sounds bad like you're vetting people but I mean that's how that's how humans work you're like wait can I trust you with this like this person's had my back over and over and over you know yeah and also I've learned, I mean, I've, even since growing up in like even high school, like I learned like 
I trust people too easily or like, like to, even if I, I was warned about them, like, no, I want to like get to know them myself and like build my own opinion of the person. And then I almost every time, like they were right. Um, <laughs> so then from that, and then now being like an adult, I guess, and like in a professional world, knowing that some people out there will always have like bad intentions and stuff. And like, no matter how hard you try to see the best in them, like you just have to always be careful because people will always, not everyone, but people out there like to take advantage. And, but you know what I like about you now that you've said that you have like a, um, a tendency towards seeing the good in people though. Mm-hmm. That's good. Tell us That's your, good. no, it is good. It is a really it's, good thing. I would rather start seeing the good and then learn how to, you know, protect filter. ourselves a little filter rather than never trust anyone and think the worst of everyone and hardly ever let anyone in, you know? That's true. Yeah. yeah that's not good. It seems like you're on the right track. <laughs> Test one passed. <laughs> So tell us, because you do have a really interesting story from childhood even. Um, tell us just, and well, actually, as long as you want, but tell us a little bit about your story, how it started. Like what you wore to the first day of kindergarten. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> your face. Your like, favorite food as a kid. I'm no, kidding. no, just, I mean, wherever you want to start it, but tell us kind of your background story. Like what and what? You can choose anything, how you got into art. It could be about your family, where you lived, where you grew up. It could be anything. How you started and how you got where you're at. In terms of art or in terms of just my existence? (laughs) I would say a a sweet mixture of both. A little cocktail of your existence and art. Okay. I'm just, I want to like not, again, I rant a lot. So I don't want to like overload. love ranting. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I grew up in Mexico. I was born there in Zamora, Michoacan. It's a tiny little town. It's where my grandpa used to live before passed away, and then most of my dad's family. And then I moved to Monterey um, when I was one. So I basically I grew up in a uh, Monterrey um, until I was ten. But yeah, I mean, I grew up, you know, with my uh, pretty small family, I guess, because I have one sister, one brother. And um, I went to Catholic school, <laughs> like a lot of people. How was that? School. Oh, God. Uh, it was, it was, it was weird. Now that I, every time I keep looking back to it, I'm like, that was so strange. Like that way that education worked hmm. within that. Was it really strict or? Yeah. It was really, really strict. It was like all girls school until fourth grade. Um, And I remember like, I mean, I, I was like a really, really competitive, really nerdy kid. Like, um, so I remember like always wanted to be like, not get in trouble. And my sister had the same teachers as me. And she's like, like the opposite. Like she's so like extroverted and like loves to break the rules but like not in like a evil way like she just like you know like doesn't I don't know she just likes to have fun so she's always getting in trouble and like whenever I got the same teacher as her for third grade she's like oh my god you're gonna hate her she's the worst and then she loved me yes we were the opposite because I was just like 
I just went there to learn and like, <laughs> but I mean, and that was Catholic school until like, until you graduated. Until I moved here to the U S which was in fifth grade. Okay. So I, I remember like, that was a big, besides the, obviously the cultural shock of moving to a new country. Like mm-hmm. I went to a bilingual school. So like I was taught English, but like, just kind of like the basics. Um, like I couldn't like hold a conversation with someone when I moved here. Um, but besides that, it was like the idea of like growing up in a school where like everything was revolved around religion in terms of like the way the world exists, the way the world works. And so when I moved here, I was kind of like, I went to public school and like, Ooh. we didn't talk about like, it was more like, Hey, here's the history, here's science. And like, we don't like, we don't talk about God. So it was just like, um well and was your was your family religious as well or it was just you were getting that from school they were um my mom particularly but like yeah most of my whole entire family is very very religious um but yeah and obviously I was because that's how I was raised Mm -hmm. and I actually had my godfather for my first communion was buddhist Oh, wow. So, and he was like my parents' closest like friend. So I grew up always going to their house and like hanging out with their son, who was my best friend growing up. And I would see like his like whole um, setup, like ritualistic setup for like doing meditation. And I was like, what is that? Because I'm like nine. Mm-hmm. And then he would kind of talk about it, but not really because he didn't want to confuse me. Um, but then I learned later that he was not the same religion as me. And then that threw me off because I was told like, if you're not, if you don't believe this then like, you're not a person. And he was like the nicest, most like giving person I've met growing up. So I was like, well, no, he deserves to like go to heaven because he's good. Anyway. So that really was like a huge thing that, um, I became very passionate about growing up since I moved besides art was like religion. So I started like really, on my own doing all this research about like all these different religions and like trying to understand like oh if that's not the only way to find your purpose see I told you I was going to start ranting about no no, this is like juicy juice I have so many questions (laughs) okay yeah like especially when I got to like high school like a lot of the artwork I was making like because I was always I grew up in a creative family so like art like everyone my brother was making all these paintings my sister was making um a lot of paintings and pastel drawings but we all have different styles um my brother does more surrealism work and my sister does more impressionism work and my my mom does more realistic work and then I guess I was the one that just went like (laughs) a combination kind of yeah um so I'm interesting you can totally see that in your work it's really interesting when you see like all of our works next to each other. Like it's almost like a mm. progression of like all these minds, like trying to like understand like reality and like, so, oh, wow. way. yeah. Um, so a lot of the work that I was making, like in my teenage years was like, it was abstract with some bits of like figurative work. Um, but it was all like kind of centered around me trying to like find my purpose or like what my purpose was or like the why I I existed and like why we were all here and it all was like me figuring out religion so like stuff that you shouldn't care about when you're 14 (laughs) 
I think you're Those wrong. I think, yeah, I really think some formative. people aren't, but it is cool that you were. Yeah. And I don't think most people explore that through artwork and creativity. It's like a very mental, like something that's really, I, I would, most, most people I don't think would associate exploring that and figuring that out through something creative. So that's really interesting that you had that almost as like, almost like your art was like a little dear friend to you. Like, let's go on this journey together and figure out what, what I think about this. Yeah. So what did your art, you were kind of saying it, it looked like what during those years? I mean, I definitely started going towards more um, abstract style since I was a teenager. It, a lot of it came from me. I used to do a lot more like geometric, like symmetrical, very inspired by like Mexican patterns and um, mandalas also. So then I was like doing a lot of that in high school. And then, but using also a lot of text in it. And then that kind of um, broke away into like just fully abstract. Cause I guess I was like finding my own style and language. And then that's whenever I started doing fully abstract, like spontaneous, like no plan, just going and like getting into like a state of meditation, essentially. Hmm. That's when I was like, wait, like this is it. Like, I need to like, keep exploring this. Um, and also that was like, and not inspired, but like, it also kind of came from like a need to find my own language in a way, since I was like, came from a different language and culture that I'm now trying to learn a new language and I'm forgetting one other language. So then I'm like constantly trying to like be fluent in like one or the other because I like wow. have to go home and like still communicate with my family and like they would all like make fun if I like forgot a word or like my accent was going away so I was just like frustrated and then when it came to like painting and creating my own world like literally nobody could tell me like no that's not that doesn't make sense or like yeah it was like your like, own language so like it, I just felt comfortable and safe in it and then like it was where I could really find myself and my identity that didn't have to make sense for either culture does that I, make sense? yeah it does can I just ask a, a quick question back to so you've made this switch from a super religious catholic school in Mexico at 10 years old you go to America in a in a public school where where did you guys move to we moved to Richardson Richardson. So what was, how was that transition for you? I mean, I know you're saying that it was causing you to really think about religion and everything, but what about like the people at school and, and that, was it an easy transition or was it difficult? It was really difficult. <laughs> I can like imagine a rant in terms of, yeah, understanding. Cause I was in ESL mm -hmm. obviously. Um, so the way that that my class was handled compared to the other regular classes. Um, I could see the difference in like the separation and the fact that they were like going at a faster pace, learning other stuff because they're more fo focused with us with like getting the language down. 
and that freaked me out coming from I was always very competitive (laughs) and I always wanted to be like at the same level as everyone else or like even like try to be like surpass that and I knew I I couldn't if I was an ESL like um so yeah I just saw I saw like a very like obvious separation of like the groups and like how I couldn't really like be able to hang out with more with like the other kids but I was like I want to be part of that culture I want to integrate myself I have to like I have to make a life here now Mm -hmm. so how do I make myself be just I don't know join and like be at that level where I can get the same education I think was the biggest fear so then I did I mean I like literally was like my goal to like learn and be get as like learn the language as fast as I could and then I got out of it in like a year and a half it's incredible it's like really really hard to do that really hard so in sixth in yeah I think it was sixth grade or seventh grade that I when I went to middle school, then I was like now out of ESL and I was like taking all these classes and I was like, yes. <laughs> And then you really did start to feel more like a part of the culture here in Texas, or you just felt more like you could communicate better. When did you actually really start to feel like this place or does this place feel like home? That's hard. I guess it wasn't until like maybe high school. So like three, four years later that I started to feel like, okay, yeah, I feel like I can make this my home. I feel more integrated into the culture. Cause even like, yeah, whenever, like in middle school, I still felt like the separation or like I didn't belong and like things I didn't understand or like expressions or like my accent and then it being pointed out constantly. And I was like, so subconscious about it. But then, I mean, the more you like practice it, the more you, which is why I like was trying to make as many friends as I could that only spoke English. So like I was forced to like, Oh my God. Got a third <laughs> interviewer here. Sorry. The just really curious. Um, yeah. So I guess in high school, was when I was like, okay, I kind of feel more at home. I mean, I have to. (laughs) Yeah. And by high school, you were really delved into your artwork. Like you knew, is this when you started to realize like art is my thing? Like it's my language. It's my process. This is where I feel the most like myself. I would say it wasn't until my senior year of high school. Mm -hmm whenever I like because I was always in art class and stuff but then in high school I mean in senior year I took IB art class and it was a like a way more serious kind of class the way it was conducted the critiques the workload that you were expected to create and research um and my teacher overall he was very very inspiring and like strict in the right way where um he wanted us to see our life beyond like in terms of making art beyond being in an art class. Like, Hey, here's how you build an art practice. Like I do this. My wife also does it. We're both artists. She teaches at a community college, which I ended up taking her class too. Oh, cool. Yeah. It was really awesome to have both of them. Um, so he was the one that really kind of showed me like, Hey, 
you can do this for a living. Um, if you, this is what you want, which was, I'd never heard of, like, I wanted to get into, um, probably like I was thinking of fashion because I've always loved fashion as well. You have good fashion sense. Thank you. <laughs> I was obsessed with it and I still am. So both of them, like to me, they're both ways of expressing yourself. Um, so they correlate. And now that's why I want to like, merge them in a way. But I mean, my parents wanted me to obviously go into like marketing or um, my, I mean, my dad thought I was going to be a doctor because I have like that side of my brain that my grandpa was a doctor, my grandma, my dad was an engineer. So like, they were like, she's the one, she's so nerdy. Like, <laughs> you be the one who takes care of us. And then I was like, I want to be an artist. They're like, oh. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, your parents too, it's a struggle because you want security for your kids and the art scene and that career path feels probably a little bit unsteady. Precarious. Precarious, if you will. <laughs> yeah. But sure. I get it. I, yeah, I totally get where parents come from on that. So, how, so you think that maybe that high school teacher, like seeing that he and his wife were able to make it their jobs, like their careers, it kind of was this first idea in your head, like, I could actually make a living doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even though they were also obviously teaching on the side. Um, and I never, to this day, I still struggle with the idea of like, Oh, could I ever be like an educator? I feel like that's like a whole different, you have to be born to do that. And maybe it's probably just confidence that you know what you're talking about. <laughs> and if I'm like doing abstract, I'm like, how can I really teach someone how to think of the world in an abstract way? I feel like that's a very unique kind of yeah. point of view that I can't teach someone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, it was just for the first time having someone be like, wait, no, yeah, if you want to continue to do this every day, you can do it. And I actually went back to like that high school teacher before I was applying to UT. And I was and I went, I was like, I was like, hey, I'm applying to UT. Can you please review my portfolio and write me like a letter of recommendation? And it had been like, two years since I saw him and then I went to visit him and he like saw my portfolio and he was like oh he's like you you're fine like you're gonna get in don't worry like I was so stressed out but it was great to just have his like support even after all those years and that he could see the potential like I was like thank you like I, I just need someone to just tell me like just go for it if you get denied and like you tried but and ended up getting in. So that was nice. That's a great teacher. Yeah. Cheers. Mr. Garrett, share shout out. <laughs> so with, with your art, this is, this leads to, um, my question is what is the main message that you're trying to spread with your work or is there one? So that one is, always one that I struggle with because I can't think of like a one specific message that I'm always yeah. thinking about I feel like with my work I'm always just kind of exploring so many different like motifs and forms and things around me that inspire me and then when it comes to obviously doing client stuff which I always 
try to work with clients that still give me the artistic freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just like, hey, can you paint me a railroad? That's, I'm like, I'm not the person. Like, I will not do the best job that you want. Like, you should go with someone else. So I always try to stay true to myself no matter what. Um, but I think overall, like, I really think it color is very important to like exist yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to like creating these more abstract landscapes or ecosystems, I really value the idea of people always keeping that childlike view of the world of like seeing something you don't quite understand and like make like just trying to like understand like and sorry what's the word interpret like your own meaning of it and find your own meaning of it like find things in it like that trigger memories of your childhood or things and just trigger kind of like wonder like oh what is this place what could this be and they can just give you like a sense of like escape of another place I don't know just kind of like does that make sense well it's so it's so interesting because as you're talking about it it sounds a lot like what you were saying in middle school and high school where you were trying to create your own world that made sense to you you know, through your artwork. And now you're doing it and you're sharing it with others and you're, it's calling that out in them. Like, Mm -hmm. like, Hey, you don't really understand what's going on. That's okay. Because you can make, yeah, you can interpret this however you want and create your own world and also keep asking questions. It's almost like your work isn't trying to tell a message. It's trying to make people keep wondering Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love I think, that. I, I think it's that's so special. And, you know, I told you we've been reading things about your other interviews and that it's this combination of like, like you, the word you said, like these ecosystems, like biology, something that you're really drawn to because your art has this really like flowy element Organic. to it. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. feels like I don't know. It it feels like that combination that you're talking about these bright colors from your, your past and in growing up in Mexico, it's very evident, but then your love for, I think, ecosystems and how things work together. And it's like your, these symbiotic relationships with the colors and the shapes and everything. It's just really, it's really beautiful. And, and it is, it's to the, to the viewer's interpretation, mm-hmm. which is nice as a, yeah as an art appreciation person, man, I mean, I feel like, I mean, obviously I'm biased towards art, visual art, but I just, it's so, it's like, it's like, it's a lifeline for people. You know, sometimes I think we think of art as like an extra or something, you know, like, but it's, I mean, that helped you get through one of the biggest transitions of your life, you know? (laughs) For sure. I was like extremely like overwhelmed and like confused and like honestly like depressed because I was just like, where do I belong in this Mm -hmm. world? And obviously not just like my purpose, but also like myself and in terms of like a space. 
yeah and like with art I was able to just kind of find that and like that's why I think I was I've started to really like try to understand because you have to as an artist like why do you do the things you do why do you why are you drawn to like that sub like that why do you draw inspiration from that specific thing so like for me thinking of nature like I, yeah like I was like so like constantly amazed by it like a kid like oh my god what is that especially like um anything sea life because to me it's so alienish where it doesn't seem like it belongs here and like it was almost like for me like I don't feel like I belong here so there was like I was so drawn to it and like I realized the more I started to like think and write and like think about my work like just the idea like with nature like the way that it constantly adapts in some way like obviously like all these creatures that like migrate and stuff and like or like have to adapt to like climate change or have to adapt it's just lady like they find their place in the world and they like flourish there so then I like learning all about that and then learning about the way like the systems and how it just it's just so effortless it just kind of like flows and it just makes its way into its new home like I realized that's exactly what I was doing with my abstract stuff. And that's when I had like one of those like aha moments, like, oh, that's why. Because <laughs> you want to understand that's like this whole part of your like brain, like, and you well, obviously when it's abstract, you're like, I mean, I'm not telling a specific story. It's more of like a feeling and like a need and honestly like obsession to like, yeah make something feel right and I think art gives you that it gives you that sense of peace it's a a beautiful expression of everything you just said like that that finding your your way to adapt just like other creatures do and it's a beautiful expression of that experience really and that's a beautiful sentiment (laughs) I love that so tell us about because I think a lot of people know you obviously as an artist, but mostly as a muralist. Would you agree with that? I've noticed that, yeah. So first, I'm curious, how do you feel about murals? Maybe even share your first one and how you um, ended up keeping on doing them. And if you have a sort of like preference almost with doing murals on these large scales that create new spaces for people to move through um, versus making smaller work or making work for people's homes like more fine art right um that sentence um I mean I definitely started being like a fine art artist um even when I went to school for art and stuff I still love creating my smaller pieces and stuff that I can just like, I have complete freedom, like control. Like even I, I have so many pieces in my studio that like I haven't touched in two years. Mm. And it's okay. So I, I do still have so much value in like those works um, where they take more time and it's more of like, I think with the smaller works, I can get into a more meditative space for sure. But with murals, and I mean, I didn't even think I would get to do a mural this early in my career. I thought it was something that would happen like way down the road, like somebody to let me take over a wall and trust me with it. That's like a huge, (laughs) 
that's like when it comes to really trusting somebody's vision, like, yeah, that's definitely it. Um, but then it just happened very early. Um, I got to create one in Fort Worth for the first time on this big warehouse that was like this ugly, like beigey color. And it's also kind of tucked away, which with murals, like usually people want like the best spaces where like, they're like right in the view of like high traffic areas. And this one is not, this one is like, you have to know where it is. You like, it's like search for it. Yeah, it really is like in this, it's, uh, I mean, but that neighborhood, like across the street from it is the um, Inspiration Alley, which is one of Forward's first ever like initiative to bring in public art to like the community and stuff and kind of show like the value of it. And it, I mean, people went crazy for it. So I did have like the, um, the choice to be in that alley with all these murals already there, people already know where to go or this other space, but it was bigger, but also not anybody can like find it. But either way, I was still like, you know what? Like cool white, these um, M2G Ventures is the people who um, commissioned me to do it. And it's run by like two women. They're like sisters and they're like badasses. Like, I was so thankful to like have them as like my first internship um, in terms of like seeing how like women can really make, can I cuss on this podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Seeing how you. women like, and they're also like little, like, like how they can just really make shit happen and like change stuff, like totally shift the cultural, um, what's the word? I don't know, just change the way people experience Fort Worth. They, exp- they think Fort Worth is like meant right. to be like in terms of all its history of cowboy and like, you know, all that traditional Texan like cultures. Like, no, like they were looking into the future of it and wanting to bring in like a whole new set of eyes through artist perspectives. Um, so anyway, so then I, yeah, I chose the other one. I was like, yeah, people won't really get to see it if they don't know, but in a way it's like, it was like, it's like 75 feet um, long by 25 feet high. Huge. Yeah, it's enormous. And it, it was like corrugated metal, which I've never painted on. And also August. So it was like a hundred degrees. I got a heat stroke at one point. But for me, it was just like, if I want to be a muralist, if I want to see if I can, if I have it, but it takes and also belong in that world because it's such a male dominant world you know (laughs) um where people think like oh it's such a physical intensive work like so then yeah for me it was more of like again me wanting to challenge myself me wanting to put myself out there and so then I did it and then I I actually like had never since I have a very spontaneous process where I kind of just like go in and like paint and then I make sense of it I try to do that I had a very very like simple mock-up but then it completely evolved to something else which it always does um and I did it with my mom which is amazing because she's also a painter so then I was like hey do you want to paint this huge wall with me and she's like what are we doing and I was like I don't know (laughs) but she was like you know as a mother you just trust your child 
and she went every day with me and like that weather and like just helped me fill up the wall and like kind of kept me when I was like getting to the point of like I don't know what I'm doing this material is not doing what I thought it would do the corrugated like there was just so many challenges that like I had never experienced when creating like a piece and trying to make sense of it um but if I wasn't for her I know I would have probably been like I would have had like a mental breakdown (laughs) but we did it in like a month for sure and yeah and I mean after that I was like okay I can do it like I went through one of the worst conditions you could do a mural in yeah no joke on your first one seriously and actually at one point the scaffolding I always forget about this like it's like it was like a three-tier scaffolding we were trying to it was me my mom and my sister we're trying to get over the sidewalk to like um lock it on the tree and I, I think I was like so exhausted that day from the heat and we weren't like thinking and then ended up like falling oh, and then wait, it, was, what? it was like about to fall on top of me and I wasn't reacting to it. My sister like pulled me out. What? Yeah, it was so scary. <laughs> she was like, Maria, hello. So she like a movie scene. saved my life. Yeah. So Jeez. I think she almost died maybe in my first mural. Who knows? <laughs> We always make fun of that. We're like, she did one mural and then she didn't do any more after that. (laughs) Your sister? No, no. She's saying that that would have, she would have died (laughs) and they would have been over. You you started doing more and more murals. So you, you love it. It's like a part of the aspect of art. Like you think, what do you love about murals and doing them now? I love, obviously I love the, I love the idea that public art is accessible to everybody. I think everyone needs to be surrounded by art. I mean, I grew up in Mexico where there's murals everywhere and there's like, all the walls are colorful, even if they're not, they don't have a mural. It's just the idea of being surrounded by color and how that really for any individual, when you experience a world like that, it just always continues to give you joy and inspiration. Um, so I love that. Like I want everybody to be able to have access to that. Cause I, I mean, a lot of museums charge like all these, like, you know, tickets to see things. And like, sometimes if you have a big family, like you can't afford to have your whole family see it. Um, and also I love the idea of like changing the way a person experiences a space in general, like they weren't expected to like on their walk to work or they're just, you know, yeah. urban spaces feel like all these artists with different like visions have ways to like almost create portals to different worlds mm-hmm. and I feel like if every city can have that for the community like it would be so people would just be way more happy I think I don't know or just like excited to go out on walks and stuff um and I love the idea of like the challenge of every wall having a different either like all these architectural features that like will change the way you can place your imagery on it or the texture. So it's like every single mural is like a new challenge in terms of height and like everything. And like you have to always adapt and like kind of morph your vision to it so it can like live in harmony with it 
So you don't have to like, you shouldn't always, you shouldn't force it. Like you just have to like, Hey, if you wanted to live there, you have to work with what's already there and the history of it. So I love that. Mm. And I know Haley loves everything to do with history. (laughs) I do. I like storytelling. You're so good at it. I love the, the concept that you're saying about how color and being around color it is because I, I just read this book about this actually it's about um it's called finding joy and it's like how this this like really drab high school that was like super you know like fluorescent lights white walls everything had like the worst performance rates terrible turnover in teachers like the kids had there's so many like uh behavioral issues all this stuff and so this new principal comes in and he's just like, let's just paint every wall a bright color. And then, so like, it was such a small thing, but they, they came in as a community and painted every wall. And literally in that year that the students came back after that, they had painted it. Everything changed. Behavior changed. Uh, grades changed. Teacher turnover that teachers were staying. And I, I think that it's so amazing that there's like this psychological effect, like you're saying, being surrounded by color. And I think like what you said, you experienced that in Mexico and it just, it's a huge part of your inspiration, which is so cool. And I have to say, um, and I'm curious about your experience. So obviously we had a big crisis last year um, with COVID and many other things. I was curious what your experience was like with your artwork during COVID. Yeah. I mean, how did people react? How did you feel like people were reacting to art in general or your art particularly? Was it a struggle? Tell us how it went, how it's going. It's still happening. Uh, I mean, I definitely saw more people kind of like seeking out um, besides murals because you can't really do much. People want to go out. They can only go out and just walk around. They can't go into any spaces. So like, what can you experience? It's murals. So like a lot of, but that didn't really happen until like May, April, as far as like, mural and grace um but i love the idea that like people were starting to make that like an activity of like hey what are we doing today let's go look at let's go find murals like it's just like almost like a scavenging hunt like that was really cool to me that people were like having dates or like family outings and like just taking photos and like seeing all their kids like be so excited to like see something that was like stimulating to them mm-hmm. um but besides that i saw a lot of I started kind of focusing more in like my own smaller work work again, which is really nice. I like build this studio that I'm in right now because I couldn't go to my studio. So I started doing more smaller stuff. And then I started just kind of like posting it. Like, hey, like this is how I'm like basically dealing with this and like finding joy and like inspiration really. And then seeing a lot more people want to like collect and even though it was like smaller stuff, like I wasn't pushing anything like expensive. I was like, no, like I'm just making smaller stuff for me. It brings me joy. If it can bring you joy to to your house, like amazing. So I started having like a lot more like collectors, especially like younger collectors who were like, yeah, I want to start filling my house with like mm-hmm. art. Like, cause I'm only going to be in this house. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to have something to look at to like 
make me feel hopeful or make me feel optimistic. Mm. So that was amazing to like make all these connections with people from all over the US, like who were just like, hey, I want to buy that little doodle you made. And I was like, what, really? And they're like, yeah, no, I really love it. Um, So yeah, that was one of the things I loved about finding something positive through that really, through this really crazy, terrible time that we've been through. Like, I feel like people have started to value art more. Yeah. Especially local artists just being like thankful that we exist and we like create all these things and they just want to support and um, bring that into their home and stuff. I I just felt like I, I really resonate with everything you're saying about that because as an artist, I was pretty terrified, obviously, when everything hit because I thought, well, crap, no one's going to want to spend their money on artwork. You know, like everything is just it's kind of like survival mode right now. But what you're saying, and it was a similar experience for me, is that art means a lot more to people than just frivolous decoration, you know? Like you're talking about people going to see art to find joy, to add joy in their home. Yeah. To, to make their home feel joyful and comforting. And it like, would you consider art to be an essential? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've, it's always been essential for me. Absolutely. I mean, Mm. yeah, I just, people don't realize how many things in like their home, even if it's not paintings, like things that they own, like someone's mind, like helped create that like a sofa or a candle. I don't know. Like it's a design. A lot of things need to have a creative mind be behind that to make your home feel more like home or to just, yeah. And I, I mean, I totally get when you're saying like when it first happened, like, the amount of anxiety like was insane. Like my roommates, I mean, they both are um, comedians and they, they did improv and they performed at Dallas Comedy House for like the last five years. It was like a huge part of their lives. Like every week they would do it three, four times a week and then it shut down. Mm. And all three of us like are like in the house. We can't really go out and like express ourselves or like, and it was all of us were just like terrified and like anxious. And then, I mean, they started doing a lot more because they used to do all these like performances like in front of an audience. And that's what they were used to, like creating content for an audience. And then they started doing a lot more like recordings of their house and then putting it into like the internet and stuff. So we all like realized like we still have to put stuff out there. Like again, it's like in a need for creative people and if you can find the audience still like that's like the most rewarding thing because then you realize like yeah like people need this even after like if they they can't afford it like they just want to look at it or something well and it's like even at dinner last night we were talking we were out uh, on a patio with her parents and they were saying that they read this thing that people who are, have just become vaccinated were interviewed, like, what's the thing that you've missed the most? And they rated the answers. And like the number one answer was 
experiencing like live art and music and things like that, which is so it's, it's so funny. Like you think those things are like extra in life. Like, Oh, if I have time this weekend, like, yeah, it'd be fun to go see a live show, but you don't realize how those things in your life and experiencing live music and art and all of that, it really feeds your soul. And it's a huge part of of your life. And until it's taken away from you, you kind of think, I think some people think it might be a frivolous extra thing, but it's actually, I think, super essential to our lives and how we live and and the quality of it. So we have, we have a, a final question for you and it's an insight scoop question. Insight scoop. <laughs> Not inside scoop, insight scoop. <laughs> So you're going to, you're going to give our audience some advice. Do you feel wise? (laughs) No, she's like, no comment. Sometimes. (laughs) Okay. So what would you tell someone who is thinking of making their dream, their full-time pursuit? Oh, wow. That's a big one. And Marielle, if it's not a good answer, it's just, it could ruin some people's. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I know exactly. This is what I'm saying when it comes to like teaching. I'm like, hey, I really provide like the most wisdom to people where like, I can teach them. Um, I mean, there's a lot. That's the thing. It's like me trying to like narrow down to the most important one. So what would I tell them if they want to make their dream? Their full-time pursuit, like how you've done it with art. Okay. Um, I mean, overall, it's just kind of, and I guess this is something I've really been thinking a lot more lately because I realized I lost touch of that for a bit. It's the whole idea of, kind of trusting your intuition and trusting in that, like in yourself, like not letting all these voices or stuff kind of like get in the way or like distort that. I feel like all of us have a very unique voice and like gift to give to the world. And if you feel like it's always there and it's always just pushing you to create or pushing you to whatever you need to do that makes you feel like at peace and makes you feel happy and like like your existence matters really honestly um like don't make that a hobby like that's not a hobby like if you have that and it's always like an obsession of that you can't stop thinking about like you need to just make it happen because you're gonna like you're basically gonna have like the most rewarding day like every day you're gonna look forward to every day you're gonna be look forward to like years from now have all these plans ahead of you that you can't wait to make like manifest into the world so yeah like it's not meant to be a hobby like that's a fucked up idea that we were told (laughs) honestly because like it shouldn't be something you do on the weekends or like every now and then like because if it's the only thing you look forward to, then like you're not really like living the mm. life you were meant to be. And that's what I keep telling myself. I'm like, hey, if I want to do this, like trust in that and just put it out there and like people don't receive it well. Okay. <laughs> 
you'll find people who believe in it and they're like, yeah, wait, this is special. And I'm happy this exists now, man. So, that, that is really, really insightful. That was quite the <laughs> scoop of insight. Oh my gosh. Cone of ice cream of insight. Yeah. So tell us, I can eat it all. Tell us what your insight scoop is. What's your scoop of choice? Now what's your favorite ice cream? <laughs> what's your favorite ice cream? Mine. Oh, um, mango. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like a sorbet. Yeah. Yeah. My other one used to be creme brulee by Ben and Jerry's. Ooh. Truly the one of the best ones. And then I like looked for it for years. It like I couldn't find it anywhere. And then I found out when I went to their website, they have a graveyard of like flavors. Oh they discontinued. I'm not joking. This is a and very like, inside oh. scoop. And then I like found the creme brulee, like the little they literally have a little graveyard for it. And they literally start crying. Oh my god. <laughs> It's dead. is <laughs> gone. R.I.P. That one was like, oh, that was like truly my favorite. But mango is still like my all-time favorite. That was mm. like mango, so it's good. Very refreshing. Mariel, thank you for talking to us. Well, that got me pumped on another level to start pursuing the things that are my dream. Yes, and, and the way that it got me pumped is by trying to just be who I am, you know, and trust that the things we care about and the things that are calling us are good and they're legit and valid and that they are a gift that we should be giving to the world. So sweet, I could just listen to that on repeat. Well, you can here on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to do our, uh, our Pledge of Allegiance. Ready? Everybody Cause hand because we, we do that. Hand over heart. This is school zone. Okay. Every morning, Pledge of Allegiance, school time. Ready? I, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United Mates in America. And rarely in public is where we stand. But not for long because she's full vaxxed and I'm half vaxxed. One friendship under God. Right under him. Indivisible cannot be separated. Indivisible. And just us for all. Plus today, Mariel. Yes, and she was a great addition to, to Just Us. It. it was such a great episode. Guys, please follow us along at dearfriend.podcast on Instagram. You can also view these episodes on our YouTube channel, the Dear, Dear Friend, Friend Podcast, Podcast YouTube channel. And we're everywhere. Oh my <laughs> gosh. This new branding, this new name has got us pumped, pumped pumped so you guys follow us leave reviews thank you so much for giving us your time this week we hope you learned something got inspired and we will see you next time bye y'all